So Preston, uh, last time I asked you if you were cool with doing a QA. and a It's kind of a break from Fire and Blood. Some people were chill with that, some people were not. But uh, I think it's uh, for the best because I always check out your comment section to make sure, um, you know, if anybody... Because uh, we always say, like, you know, leave a comment down below. But we And we do read them every now and then. And lately people have been having some of the... Pro a, a kind of a problem with some of the things you've been saying. <laughs> and uh, I know for a fact that some of the people I know personally they've who listen to the podcast, they've also been uh, meaning to have me ask you a couple of questions as well. And luckily for us, the audience also has the same question. So I combed through your comment section and I, I picked up a couple. All right. Uh, and uh, are you ready? I'm, 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 I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> we'll see so... how it's going to begin with, you know, Preston, you, you fucking... Uh, you know, pretentious, know-it-all piece of crap. You know, you you just conspiracy theorist. My question is, you know, uh, close. So, when, uh, <laughs> is Alar is Alar Deem the prince that was promised? You know? By the way, okay. there's someone actually made an Alar Deem profile. He's he's oh, lurking. He's it. lurking. No, I mean Alar. It's, it's just <laughs> it's just gonna grow bigger and bigger. I mean, eventually, you you know, I'm gonna write a spinoff novel about. <laughs> The, the the adventures of Alar Deem and Cleo Spray oh, um, somehow back from the dead Not got the Cleo. kiss of life he got the kiss of life um, and he's you know to be a buddy buddy story okay continue <laughs> so Nikita says uh, Preston tends to exaggerate I mean come on broken collarbone and elbow it won't take weeks to recover enough to have sex also I I may be misremembering but didn't strong get beaten so viciously because Cole was jealous so they were banging prior to the tournament probably too mm. uh they 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 were they, I mean or at least according to the uh the, the accusations that Renero was apparently banging everybody or both Cole and and Harwin strong um but I think that's the whole that's the whole point. Look, I mean, the the passage so obviously points to Harwin Strong, and that it almost seems like if it were that obvious, um, wait, Harwin Strong or Cole? The well, that's what I'm saying is that I think it I think it's probably Cole because the passage is so obvious to Strong. Mm. You know, and because if it was really if it were really that obvious then then there'd be some serious problems. There'd be serious problem rifts with Rhaenyra and, and House Valarian. Um, you'd be dealing with, you know, inheritance issues and things like that. Like it's very like even when you have a situation with like take Joffrey as an you know as an example. Here's a situation where the secret's out. You know, Stannis tells the world that Joffrey's a bastard and and you know incest and everything. Mm -hmm. And even after all of that, when it's so obvious, um, you know, the, people just pretend it didn't happen. You know, Tywin just pretends that there's no incest and Joffrey is Joffrey's king and everything because they have to. And that's that's the way things go. Um, and so, it, you know, people people believe and buy into these lies. And this is this, of course, you know, done by written down by maesters and copied over by another maester. But I just think that in in. George R. R. Martin's writing style, he made it a little too obvious that it's Harwin Strong. And he's throwing in these other things. Like, why even have in there that Harwin Strong broke his collarbone and elbow in one line and then never bring it up again? Like, why even put that in? Um, unless you're trying to question whether or not he's the father or not. 
you know. Um, and, and that's the thing is we're never going to know, but clearly he's making it ambiguous. This is, this is the other thing is like a lot of people have a tough time when George R. R. Martin leaves things ambiguous because sometimes he doesn't, sometimes he doesn't want to paint himself into a corner. So like dealing with like Quentin is alive as that issue, um, you know, is Quentin Martell dead? Well, we didn't see him die. They cut away from the action and then they cut away from the action when, when they're retelling the story. And maybe Quentin's alive and maybe he's dead. But it's ambiguous. And he, like George R. R. Martin purposely wrote it ambiguous. He didn't want to paint himself into a corner. He wanted it to be a mystery. It's the same sort of thing here. You know, like he wants the mystery. He wants it to be ambiguous. It's how That's you keep coming point. back. Yeah. And it's why you keep debating and things like that. That's the whole point. Like his, his whole... The whole structure of his writing is to create ambiguity. This is why he has several perspectives telling these stories and lying about it. Um, it's supposed, you know, we're supposed to have doubt. But what you're saying is you don't believe that because that's just a little too obvious. It's most likely yeah. Cole because it, it's it's not what the audience would expect. Right, or someone else. But but also, you know, he clearly put in these things to make us doubt it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like he clearly had Harwin Strong's collarbone and, and elbow broken. Um, the question of uh, how long it'll take to recover. Um, so today, you know, if you WebMD this today under modern medicine, it takes like six to eight weeks to recover from a broken collarbone. This isn't today. This is the Middle Ages. Well, I'll amend that and say that ice and fire medical is a little better than the middle ages like they like they know about sterilization while the middle ages did not but um but you know it mainly has to do with like their knowledge of like bacteria and things like that but um yeah like why would why would in the you know with middle age or perhaps renaissance technology someone really be able to recover quickly from a broken collarbone i'm surprised he can recover at all you know a broken elbow and a broken collarbone, and he's able to be essentially a Kingsguard after this, like I'm, you know, or the protector of Renera. I'm surprised. I mean, geez, really? Well, what about Occam's razor? Sometimes the most simple explanation is usually the, the true one. But that's real life, not, not you know, a writer who like, <laughs> purposely tries to make things complicated. Okay, like, okay, you, you got know. a point. Uh, Help Conflict wants to throw a monkey wrench into this by saying, um, couldn't she have just slept with Harwin Strong just before the tourney and her ex-lover is just injuring Strong in vengeance? I don't remember the timeline, but might that not work? Uh, no, I mean, look, the timeline works fine for, for Harwin Strong too. I mean, Harwin Strong is around Rhaenyra, you know, the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um but the question is, is, you know, we don't actually know exactly when um, the birth was and exactly when the wedding was. What we, do, what we know is that the birth is in the waning days um, of the year and, and the, the wedding is sometime in the early part of the year. Um, you know, could they have banged the day before the wedding, a week before the wedding? You know, you know who, who knows? Probably. What, whatevs. But not after, certainly. But, you know, he's, he's, our author's putting this in so we can question it. Like, oh, wait, is, it, is he even in the condition to, to, uh, to do that? Um, 
some people some people would argue that it has to be around a time in which um in which she's supposed to be having sex with Lenor. And so like Lenor it, it has to be believable that it's Lenor's to some degree. And Lenor was in mourning after the death of Joffrey um after the wedding. I doubt he was, you know, up for banging his wife then, but then again they had to have some sort of you know, uh there needed to be um some sort of sex eventually just on on uh the obligation of of the wedding you know consummation so you know maybe he's he has to do it with to her like a week later or pretend to do it with her a week later and i don't know but then a week that's not enough to really like know about pregnancy i mean that's there's there's so much there's so much error in, in these things and and you know the source there's very little written and the sources are are all questionable so what are we supposed to do <laughs> I'm just getting in the, in the author's head and saying, "Huh, he made it a little too obvious that it was Harwin Strong." It uh, it seems like it could be somebody else, Kristen Cole, somebody else, whatever. You, know? you got a lot of flack for saying like it's you know it's hard to fuck when your you know your bones are somewhat broken. A lot of people in the comment section were saying, "Well, can't you just get on top? She just get on top of him and ride him while he just you know lays there, half agony, half pleasure." Uh, I mean, it depends, right? We have to, we have to wonder whether or not Rhaenyra was actually taught sex by, by Daemon Targaryen, the rogue prince, right? Because if she's, she's not riding if she's not experienced with, 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 you know, sex, right? She needs a little, she needs a little bit of experience before she's gonna, before she's gonna get on top. Um, I don't know. You need a lot of experience to get on top. No, I'm not saying you. I'm not saying you need a lot, but you need a little bit. You know, this is ver versus like this is the big question of whether or not you know the stories about Rhaenyra having sex a year before had any validity. You know, like was she really fooling around with her uncle? Was she really fooling around with Kristen Cole? Was she really fooling around with Harwin Strong a year earlier? Mm -hmm. We don't know. But that's a big that that you know that's a big deal when it comes to whether or not she can she can you know get on top and and start riding someone that someone that has a broken collarbone and a broken uh, just <laughs> why would anyone do that come on I don't know uh, it seems I've never broken my collarbone maybe someone in the comments can write about I had a broken collarbone once and it fucking hurt you know and I. I don't know. A lot of you people know? did actually. That's what I'm saying. Like a lot of people did say I had a broken collarbone and I still fucked just fine. So did they? Wait, which comments talks about this fucking? I ever since, I ever since we started talking about like the Christian Cole Howard Strong thing, everyone, even on everyone's Patreon, been obsessed with. I mean, this is a big thing. This has come is. up. This is like the third time where it's coming back. Mm -hmm. It's like first of all, I want, I want, I want to find this comment of somebody saying I was, fu I was fucking with a broken collarbone, left and right. Banging chicks. That was all I did. In to fact, the dudes who fucking said that, please comment it again, please. Yeah, like man, I love it. I love breaking collarbones and fucking bitches left and right. Yeah, <laughs> like what? Who? Who is the, Who is this? <laughs> to move away from that uh, conspiracy for a minute, uh, Andrew Willow says, as far as the Winterfell dragon egg clutch goes, isn't Winterfell mm. built around a hot spring? That implies volcanic activity, 
So perhaps not so unlikely that dragons would lay eggs in Winterfell as it is in the, the rest of the north. Uh, small correction. Um, <clears throat> it implies geothermic activity, not, not volcanic activity. Um, there, 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 there's a difference. Um, uh, if you tried to get into any hot springs that were near a volcano, you would, you would die. <laughs> the water would be way too, the water would be way too hot. Geothermal is when, you know, the plates are like, uh, uh, rubbing against each other and create heat. While volcanic is when like lava comes up. Um, so yes, any water near, near volcano is going to boil, boil you alive. In fact, even a lot of stuff near geothermal stuff can boil you alive, but, um, but yeah, no, it's geothermal, um, stuff near, near Winterfell. Um, but the question is generally like about the warmth, like is the warmth like an important aspect to, to, um, to egg hatching? Um, and uh, the question is, we, the, the answer is we don't know. We don't know what elements really cause an egg to hatch. What we, what we do know is we have Danny. And Danny at, at various points put her egg in, in a brazier. And that gets to a certain level of heat, way less than volcanoes, way less than volcanic, than uh, geothermal activity. I mean, those bra that brazier is going to be burning very uh, cold compared to those. Um, she put, but we're not sure if her putting the eggs in the brazier did Jack. Um, we know that Danny was, you know, menstruating and having dreams about menstruation. I know this sounds weird, but this is a big part of a game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, we're not sure if that menstruation had something to do with it. We're not sure if her pregnancy had something to do with it, you know, and we're not sure if her, her miscarriage had something to do with it. Um, you know, all of these things could be, could be aspects. Um, the, uh, I, I, figuring out what, what are the elements to hatch dragon eggs is, is, is pretty tough. Like, for the most part, we, we, we kind of believe that you need to have the right genes, you know, you need to be some sort of not just a Targaryen, but a Targaryen with special genes um, or, or a Valyrian with special genes. <clears throat> and then you need, um, you need something else to, to happen. I, I would say that the, the one, and, but it's tough is that when you, when you isolate one person and you say, well, maybe this person had a special gene and, or they did something strange. The problem is the, the Targaryens are all hanging out together. So a lot of times that people bring up, oh, but weren't these eggs put in the cradles with, with Targaryen babies? Isn't, isn't that what they need to do? Well, eggs were put in the cradle with Targaryen babies and didn't hatch as well. I mean, egg was given an egg and it didn't hatch. Um, and when they were hatching, the other Targaryens are all hanging around doing regular stuff like menstruating, having miscarriages, having births. So... We don't know if any of those elements are the things. Um, the only one, I, I would actually say the most educational um, dragon to look to is, besides Danny, is there was an, there was an egg hatched in the veil um, called, uh, to a, a dragon called Morning. And so, you know, there's a question of, of what element brought Morning, because that at least is a little more isolated. Um, and so it looked like, well, maybe it just needs a, you know, a 
uh, a female Targaryen who's, you know, had, who's gone through puberty. I'm not sure, you know, but I, I should probably do a video over on, on each dragon and um, what happened and, and how it hatched and, and what we know. But the thing is, going through these histories, we, we, it's really hard to even pinpoint the year that a lot of these dragons were born because uh, just, they just don't mention them. All of a sudden, the dragon kind of appears. Or they'll say something like, oh, an egg was given to Anis, and it, and it eventually hatched. And you're like, well, when did it hatch? Like that year? Five years later? You know, we don't know. Your, your um, video about the genetics of dragons, did you make that before Fire and Blood came out? I, I made that before Fire and Blood came out. I probably have to... Um, update it? Update it. I still stand by a lot of it. Well, now that we have Fire and Blood, I'm sure at some point you'll go back and rework your Genetics of Dragons videos based off the new information we got from this, the new the Fire and Blood, Volume 1. And I, I know you've also been waiting for the new book to come out before updating a lot of your older stuff, which yeah. I guess is inevitable considering the new stuff may conflict with older theories. It just, just kind of seems like a drag. Yeah, I mean, at least when I did the Genetics of Dragons in War... The, the World of Ice and Fire was out, and that was based on a summary. So there's some of that in there. there there's some information that contradicts, though. There's stuff in Fire and Blood that, that contradicts the World of Ice and Fire, on specifically on when various Targaryens are born and when certain dragons are hatched. Um, and so now it's tough to, like, like, well, which one do you go by? So I would go by the one that George wrote himself because the world of ice and fire was also written, co-written by Elio and yeah. Linda. And you made a good point several times about how, you know, George didn't want to put certain things in world of ice and fire because he's not done with the books yet. And he wanted, yeah. he wants to leave room for stuff that he might want to change later on. So, yeah, it's really tough. Cause I think it, one of the big contradictions that, that frustrates me is, so when I think of like the one dragon that we can look to as, as to, to see if any elements like match up to Daenerys and her dragon hatching, it is Morning, the dragon that was hatched in the Vale. And the problem with that is I think in the world of Ice and Fire, they say that that egg was hatched <clears throat> during the Dance of the Dragons, but in Fire and Blood, they call it a hatchling a few years after the dance with dance of the dragons. And so I, when you say hatchling, I assume, I mean, somebody calls it a hatchling it's in quotes. So it's like, well, is that person wrong? Cause, or was it actually hatched during the dance of the dragons? And he doesn't know, he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Or was the dragon actually hatched a few years after the dance? Um, cause it, it makes a big diff difference cause it's about whether or not, um, uh, Reyna Targaryen was was um, uh, uh, after puberty or before, and 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 so you know it's kind of important things, or whether she was actually sexually active, um, you know, or, or could could possibly have had a miscarriage or something like that, using moon tea or whatever, you know, because. You know, I'm trying to trying to match up all of the things that happened to Danny. Like Danny is, you know, post-pubescent, and that was a big deal, right? She had her blood. She was getting married to Kel Drogo. She she got the eggs. So you think, okay, she you've got to be post-pubescent um, in order to maybe hatch dragon eggs, or is it the pregnancy, 
or is it the miscarriage even? Um, who knows? Who knows? It's, it's tough when, when you have uh, contradictory, contradictory information. But um, I don't know. I'll have to redo it. I'll, I, I'll, I should do a video on the dragons one by one and how they hatched and, and, and what we know about them. But um, it's, it's, it's a toughie. It's a toughie. Do an update of your uh, uh, genetics because, once again, like there's no information out. So it might as well, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, what someone, someone, I, this was one comment somebody put, like, oh, I think, I think tar, like Targaryen miscarriages actually lead to dragon hatching. And I was like, oh, that's a really intriguing idea. You know, I don't, you know, something, uh, some hormonal, you know, a- activity could happen that was, that's, that's extreme that, you know, that, that uh, causes the eggs to hatch. Who knows? You know, or it might just be, you know, menstruation. But Danny was menstruating for like a like a good i don't know six to nine months before uh maybe even a year before her dragons are hatched so and she's pregnant a good nine months before you know her eggs hatch um and so maybe maybe she you know a targaryen just has to give birth who knows or or you know or maybe they have to miscarry it's it's really it's really tough to say or you know or you know, maybe it's magic. Maybe it was all Miri Mazdor and the pyre. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, yeah. isn't that what George said? That a, a good chunk of Danny's dragons being born had uh, to do with magic. Yeah, but George George contradicts himself so much with the definition of magic that I'm not sure what he means. Um, is magic magic just unexplained science? Is magic magic, like actual magical? like unexplainable stuff, you know, Harry Potter. Um, you know, what, what is, what does he mean by it? I don't know. Yes. Uh, you know, in one conversation, he, he, he'll, he'll say something in another conversation, he'll say something else. So I don't, I don't know. Well, as far, as far as I'm concerned, it means all of those things. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay. That was question two. Uh, mm-hmm. by the way, I just so you guys know, I picked four. Um, I was going to have a fifth one come in, but as you can see, four. Because <laughs> Preston makes sure everybody gets their money's worth for these questions. So, <laughs> Which, by the way, never change. I love that you do that. Um, Megan Lunger says, How would Larys Strong disguise the club foot if he was masquerading as cheese? Disguising one's face and voice is one thing, but can you hide such an obvious disability? To which someone replied to her comment and said... Maybe the clubfoot was part of an elaborate disguise, to which Megan replies, a disguise he requested be cut off and buried separately from when he was executed? So for those of you who don't know, uh, Larry Strong, somewhat of a, mm. uh, a spoiler, later on is uh, executed uh, towards the end of the Dance of the Dragons. And uh, on his execution, he asks that after he's dead, that his clubfoot be uh, removed from his body. That way he could be relieved of it even in death. So... If right. the clubfoot was all part of elaborate ruse, then it's it's he, he committed till the very end. Well, I mean that's the thing is um, is <laughs> real. There's real life, and then there's like the commitment of ice and fire characters. You know, mm. um, so ice and fire characters like in real life, I'd be like, no, there's no way that someone could fake the clubfoot their entire goddamn lives just like just you know as this like disguise that so there's the question of can you know varys himself 
and, and Laris is obviously a, a parallel of Varis. So we look to Varis. Like, this is a guy who um, is going around pretending to be this perfumed, like, uh, sensitive guy when we know that, like, he, he has, like, a gruff voice and, like, can be all these other characters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we know that he puts on, a, a, like, a show constantly. And that's pretty impressive by itself. But then he's also moonlighting as he was moonlighting as Rugen the Jailer for <laughs> for how many years in this other role? Like going down and sleeping in this other in this in this uh, cell in the black cells for for years. Like it was it was a lot of commitment for the Rugen the Jailer thing. Um, impressive, very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, so did Laurie Strong fake his, his foot his entire life just, just to have that best part of his character? Maybe. Um, and then did he want the, the, the foot cut off and buried separately because, because that was evidence of, of the fact that he didn't, uh, he didn't actually have a, cl- a, a, a club foot and he wanted somebody to like dispose of his evidence. Like who cut off his foot? Was that, was that one of his, one of his people? Uh, wasn't it Cregan Stark who does it? Oh, is it? I, I, I have to, I have to, you're, you've, uh, you've, you've, uh, aced me if you, if you. Uh... <laughs> no, no, I, I'm, I'm asking you, like, I'm pretty sure it was, doesn't, doesn't this all happen during the hour of the wolf where Cregan comes in and like executes them all? Um, I mean, I, I don't, well, I mean, he would cut the head off, but who knows who would take the body, right? Mm. Um, maybe, I mean, I have to, I'll have to, I'll have to research on like who did this to his, to his foot, um, and, and what they did with it. And, and did they ever check it? Preston, is there any possibility that cheese could not be Larry Strong? Sure. Of course. <laughs> but, but the fact that like, he knows the ins and outs of, of, the the secret passages of of Magor's whole you know Magor's keep and um and so does Varys and their names rhyme and they're both master of whispers it's it's just that like that's what it is um and it just seems you know so it's the kind of like extreme brutality as well that you'd expect of a character like this mm-hmm. but also like maybe she didn't notice his club foot as well I don't know. Maybe it's she didn't possible. notice Cheese's club foot as well, uh, but it's a, it's a it's a great it's a great question because it really I mean isn't this fun like trying to go through it like could he have actually pretended to not have a club foot his entire life and then to go by this the nickname Clubfoot like that's pretty fucking ingenious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. You can go anywhere. Like, that's the thing is when you have such an obvious deformity and then you go around and and uh, and do something else. Like when you have the secret identity that's so convincing, you know, you can go. You're, you're kind of liberated. Like, oh, that murder happened. Well, it clearly wasn't Laurie's club foot. Ha, <laughs> you know, like because the murderer didn't have a club foot ha <laughs> ha i love it i love it i love that explanation well you underestimate <laughs> the the level of commitment from ice and ice and fire characters that is i mean true. that's the thing is like obviously in real life no no fucking way could it be but ice and fire characters <laughs> they have they have some fucking commitment 
man. Oh. Uh, and lastly, uh, I'm probably going to butcher this guy's name, uh, Zvezdome, something like that. Uh, he wants to come back to the uh, Christian Cole, Harris Strong thing. Uh, mm. And he says, I do not think that the hair thing in genetics proves all that much. Uh, Mendelian genetics applies to a lot of things, but not hair color. Certain combinations are unlikely, but not impossible. I mean, sure, Rhaenyra probably did have an affair, and maybe her kids, all or some, are not Lainors, but the hair color does not determine that, and I think this whole incident is just anti-Rhaenyra bias. Nobody balks at the fact that Aegon was at his wife's, or at his lover's bed more than his wife's. He gets a pass on his evil behavior, but Rhaenyra's infidelity is called treason. She's not married to royalty, she's, she is it. This may be just a George mistake, but still, it's stupid. I have two brothers, my hair is brown, my one brother has red hair, and my other brother is silver-gray hair, not from old age, it's just naturally so blonde. My mother had dark brown hair, my father had blonde hair. The combination of those three colors is massively unlikely, yet it happened. Great comment. Um, uh, it's certainly true. Of course, in real life, genetics is complicated and you can't just, you can't like Mendelian genetics is so ridiculously simple that, that it's, it's almost laughable. Like in the real world, hardly anything happens with, you know, according to the, the simplicity of Mendelian genetics. Um, <clears throat> but the question is, is to all of this is, is how basic is George on this. Um, and, and certainly fans think that he's basic based on like Ned Stark's sleuth, super sleuthing in a game of Thrones, <laughs> which like I say, Ned Stark's super sleuthing doesn't even fucking make sense. Like I've railed about this before. Like, you know, you go, you go back and you find that like, like, Oh, every time a Baratheon and a Lannister like had a child, like the Lannister's black, the the Baratheon black hair like won out. Like, it's <laughs> it's it's such a stupid thing. Like when you actually think of it, like first of all, like why would the hair color stay with the family name that long? Like there wasn't that much incest. Like you like like eventually the family's hair color would shift from intermarriage. So. Like, unless there was just massive, massive incest, like, you would not have hundreds or thousands of years of your family having the same hair color. Like, ridiculous. Unless you were an entire pool of people that had, like, that hair color. So, so yeah, it's, it's really stupid. Plus, Ned's super sleuthing, even if you're going to accept that his, that his, you know, his, his technique was, was just fantastic, okay? Black hair always wins out over golden hair. Great. That pr only proves that, that, that Robert wasn't the father. It does not prove that Jamie is the father. So this, there's, this leap, there's this leap to incest out of fucking nowhere. So, like, that a, a normal person wouldn't do. Like, I think in real life, I would not immediately jump to thinking that someone was fucking their brother. Um, when, when thinking about infidelity, it, it would be like down the list of things that would, that would come to mind. Um, so it's really dumb, the hair color thing. And, but a lot of people think that like, okay, when there's a child in ice and fire, they either take after the mother or they take after the father. That's just how George R. R. Martin writes genetics in these stories. And that's certainly how the characters talk about it. Um, so for instance, the Stark children, 
either take after Catalan and look like Catalan or they take after Ned and they look like Ned. So like Arya and uh, John, you know, whatever, <laughs> take after Ned. But Rickon, Bran, Sansa and Rob all look like Catalan, right? This is the, the whole thing. Um, but actually, if you, if you read closely, it doesn't work like that. Uh, Sansa has light red hair while Catelyn has dark red hair. So how does the child of someone with dark red hair and stark brown hair get light red hair? Doesn't make sense according to George R. R. Martin genetics that the fans like think and, and, and all of this. Um, but it, it's something that would probably happen in the real world like because genetics isn't simple in the real world. Holy shit, you're actually fucking with me here because I... I love the first book. I never noticed that. How did he come to that fucking conclusion that Cersei and Jaime were fucking... <laughs> Wait a minute. Is that a plot hole? Is that a, is that a it's, goddamn plot it's hole? It's a plot hole, but it also... There's a, there's a, there's a theory called Starkzest, which, which, is, which is that um, the reason Benjen uh, went to the wall is that he and Lyanna were fucking... Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> and, that, and that John is actually a Stark incest baby. Or that he and or that Liana and Brandon were fucking or something, you know, and that John is actually an incest baby, (laughs) and that incest was on Ned's mind, and that's why he jumped to assuming that Cersei and uh, and and, uh, I'll take the plot hole over that bullshit. No, it's plot. It's yeah, I think it's plot hole. It's but it's. It's it's really stupid. Ned should not have come to that conclusion. He should have come to the conclusion maybe that Robert was not the father. But there's no reason to assume that Jamie was. You could argue that there are no like <laughs> prominent men at court that Cersei could cheat with that have blonde hair. I mean I mean Lancel. <laughs> so you won't you won't come to the conclusion that she's fucking her brother, but her cousin, sure. I mean, I would I would sooner think a cousin than a brother, mm. you know. Okay, um, I'll give you that. But you know, there, there's there's a million unnamed people at court. You know, guards. You know, I don't know Preston Greenfield. Uh, it could be anything. You know, mm-hmm. what does Preston Greenfield look like? <laughs> We're gonna... Are you gonna look up what he looks like? Yeah, that's right. I can't remember if if they ever gave his. Uh, we, we know nothing about Preston Greenfield. He's just short. Um, yeah, <laughs> Preston Greenfield. Like, why wasn't he assuming it was Preston Greenfield? I don't know. Maybe she doesn't like short guys. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Fuck, Who that's knows? God damn, I didn't notice that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ned Stark's super sleuth. No, it's, it's, it's stupid. It's, it's like... But, you know, there, there's a lot of things where, you know, go, go over the story and, and, you know, you go over it enough this many times over this many years, you start noticing the stuff that's really stupid. There it is. There it is. <laughs> and you're right. No one really like, you're right. Because uh, Catelyn and, 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 and Rob and, and their hair colors and Ned's. Yeah, you're, you're making a good point here. Wow, I didn't notice that. Okay. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of fans, like, and, and the, it, it, because the characters in the story believe that, like, oh, people either take after their mother or they take after their father, which is a ridiculous notion, like, like kids take after both their parents. That's how it works. Um, mm-hmm. Shireen, for instance, looks like both of her parents, you know. 
Um, you know, it's, but a poor girl. Yeah. I mean, but she's got like, uh, you know, some of Stannis's uh, features and some of and Selyse's features and things like that. So, it, and, but, so, I don't know. Or, you know, g- genetics is complicated and you take after, you have a little bit of, of something else. So Sansa has lighter hair than her mother. So she, how did she get lighter hair than her mother? Well, because genetics is complicated. So bringing this back, <clears throat> we, we, so... We know that Kristen Cole had black hair, coal-colored hair, and Rhaenyra had silver, gold, Targaryen hair, and Jace had brown hair. Okay. Like, had that happened in the real world, no one would think anything of it. Like, that, like, but all of a sudden, like, because this is ice and fire, Everyone's like, no, he either has to have coal-colored hair or he has to have, like, silver-gold Targaryen hair. Oh, come on. Fucking come on. Like I say, Sansa has unique hair. Like, it it doesn't have to be like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, the characters are that dumb. We don't have to be that dumb. (laughs) Okay, uh, do you have, like, any you want to put in here before we wrap it up? Uh, no, I guess we've been, we've been talking for a while. We can do, I mean, unless you have another, you, you say you have a fifth question. I had a fifth one that it, it's me showing my bias here. Someone put in the same comment section, uh, any thoughts in the theory behind the fact that Littlefinger might be Sweet Robin's father? I've, I haven't heard this one. Yeah, no, this again is based on, on, um, hair color and, um, so John Aaron probably had blonde hair. And, um, you know, Lysa obviously has the, the Tully auburn hair. And so Sweet Robin, you know, has whatever dark, dark brown hair. Um, and so the idea is that that sounds like um, a Littlefinger. Um, and, you know, maybe possibility. <clears throat> there's a few, there's a few, um, con- you know, various lines that Lysa have said that makes it seem like that he wouldn't be like when when she had when she finally has sex with Littlefinger um after um in a, in a storm of swords she screams out something like make me another baby and this is clearly in reference to the fact that she had her forced abortion and she she was very sad that she lost that child um, and so, you know, there, there's some mourning from that, that she doesn't have a child with, with Littlefinger. And so kind of if Sweet Robin were Littlefinger's child, um, and Lysa was aware of it, uh, it would kind of take away from that. Like she's very, she's very sad because she doesn't have that connection with Littlefinger. Um, I think thematically sweet robin being littlefinger's child takes away from that um but you know obviously like timeline wise like you know sure it's completely possible and you know she did say another child so i mean another could still be in addition to sweet robin so nothing's really definitive uh but certainly i've heard this theory before but um but uh certainly littlefinger doesn't give a shit about sweet robin and is putting his life in danger so maybe Littlefinger doesn't, if, if Littlefinger, 
Littlefinger doesn't seem to be aware um, that 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 if you know if Sweet Robin is his. So we're not we're not sure, we're not sure. But, uh, you know, that's that's all I had. Do you have any yeah. that you that caught your eye that you would uh, want to discuss real quick? No, I mean actually the ones that caught my eye were the same ones. I mean they're on the same subject as of, of what we discussed, um, and we we got it we got into a bit so. <laughs> okay, uh, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Oh, by the way, I know you guys uh, always complain that uh, these are very short. They're they're almost not even podcast like because uh, um, a lot of podcasts. I don't know if you if you listen to any podcasts. A lot of the ones I listen to um, usually go on for over an hour. And oh, ours, really? you, you don't know that. Uh I mean, I mean, I, I, I the only podcasts I listen to are like really well produced besides our own. Cause I do listen to our podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the podcasts I tend to listen to are, are like planet money and 99% invisible. And like the professionally produced, like, like NPR ones that where they do a lot of editing and uh, research and stuff like that. Not, not like uh, you know, two bros chatting mm-hmm. kind of stuff, you know? Because, uh, no, someone on uh, someone on Patreon said, why do you guys all apologize? What's well, mostly me. For episodes going a bit long, we wish these podcasts were three plus hours. To which I replied, um, YouTube Analytics does tell us that people don't really like long videos. Like, you guys may, and a couple thousand people may, but majority don't. And um, I love you, man, but this is true. Uh, Preston <laughs> runs out of steam. Uh, if you, <laughs> well, you can kind of listen to my voice near the beginning and near the end. Like <laughs> I, I, I do get a little hoarse near the end of our hour. You could just drink water. Like you don't, you never <laughs> get like a water bottle or nothing. That's sometimes, you know, okay. Yeah, I should not to mention towards the end. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I, ha- I hate to say this, but towards the end, like Preston will talk normally like this. And then towards the end, you can tell he's running out of steam because his sentences will be like this. So yeah, I think that little finger might be sweet Robin's father. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah you fade yeah. out a little bit, which I always <laughs> find hilarious. Plus, I know for a fact that you have a wife and child. I don't want to keep you for too long, so you know. Um, but yeah, I know you guys uh, want it to be longer, but you know, uh, Preston has a life, and I don't want to keep him uh, too long. Not to mention analytics. Uh, not not to mention Carmine, supposedly, from what I hear, has a life as well. You've heard nothing. Uh, guys, <laughs> guys, thank you so much for joining us. As always, we will see you all next time where we continue more uh, Fire and Blood. Do you, do, you want me to, do you want me to think of other major major plot holes that, that will ruin Ice and Fire for you next time, next time, we, uh, next time we come on? I, I <laughs> so don't Besides want Ned, you to. Ned's super sleuthing being idiotic. See, I want to say yes, but at the same time, uh, because it's funny. Like, you don't really like... It doesn't really click in your head until someone like you points it out and you're like, yeah, how did he come to that conclusion, huh? I'll think about it, I'll think about it. But uh, guys, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Have a good one.